0: From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Um, before we jump in and um, talk about uh, the topic today, I'll get it out. Um, I'm not, I'm leaving that in. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Des, the number one shoe machine on the market bar none. Uh, they are awesome. They rock, uh, mentioned coach unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Also go over and check out TeachHoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We have a, a special quote unquote special going on right now where we're giving quarterly memberships. We're, su- we're super excited about that. People seem excited about it. Um, and then that maybe, maybe come in and join for three months and take a couple of months off. I personally would never leave ttroops.com, but you have that option and uh, it's great. So go over and check it out ttroops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. So I think they have more information, but in some respects, they're less informed, less mature. I mean, it's, and again, I might, you and I might be sounding like old guys, but um, I think that's true because they're in an information age where they can Google yeah. just about anything. Um,
1: <laughs> well, and uh, I, I coach too, and I, am not a psychologist, but I mean, part of being a coach is being a psychologist to some extent. So, um, but a lot of people are saying that the maturity, you know, where 30 years ago, a person was maturing, maybe at a certain level at the age of 18, that's now 25, 26, where
0: it was 30 years ago, an 18 year old. And I'll so that's my wife that I'm married to a psychologist. So every basketball coach should be married to a psychologist, to be honest with you. Uh, but I'll ask her about that. I you're right. I think there's exceptions to the rules or outliers, but you're right. I think they're I just see that. You're right. Like if you've listened to my podcast, my son took a gap year, so he didn't go to college last year. So I just think about him and he's he's pretty mature, but yeah, it's like, would he be more like a 17 year old 20 years? I don't know. It's like that's interesting. Um, that year, that year matured him a lot between 18 and 19. That, that was a big year. I can tell you from a father's standpoint, it's like, Whoa, he grew up a lot. Um, but that might've been circumstances too, rather than other things. Um, yeah, I, I find that intriguing.
1: Can I, can I ask you a question? I know you're asking me questions, but how do you guys, so if I was looking at ways to build attendance, you know, so our gym, we're not a big gym. Seats 1,500. There's, some, you know, in Indiana, I think we've got eight of the 10 biggest high school gyms in Dude, America.
0: You got Richmond, you got Newcastle. Yes, all of those. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> East Chicago Central. You know, there, there are multiple gyms that seat 10,000 plus. But 1,500, even in ours, now we're in the metropolitan area of Indianapolis. And so you've probably got 50 schools in the area, all, yep. you know, trying to draw attendance have you guys found anything that works and and do you even sell out your gym? Do you care about it? Like for me, I think it's a recruiting tool. Like if we can,
0: we do, we're, we're in a small gym too. So we're in the biggest class. We've got 26, 2700 kids in our school and we're the only, we're probably the second smallest. We're probably one of the smaller division one gyms in the entire state. And we're probably in the top 10. So our gym comfortably holds like 1200, 1300. It's probably smaller than yours. Yeah. So, when I put a thousand in there, it is a small like everyone else is building field houses and stuff, and we have a field house, but we don't we don't play our games there. We play it in the other gym. So, um, what I have found is <laughs> the key is you got to get the young kids to bring their parents and their grandparents to come. Is the the sellouts are either you're playing a big game. Right. Like there's something on the line for the game because we've had we've had those where, you know, you better be there after school's out or you're close circuiting in the odd or you got to have, you know, like the youth, you got to like these three elementary schools are coming and you can just get. So we give them discounted tickets. We give tickets. You know, you just come. It's youth night, blah, blah, blah. And then they bring mom and dad and grandma and all that um that has been one of the because again you're right we're in like the state capital there's lots of things to do on a friday night rather than come to a high school basketball game um yeah. so to draw it in like that um you know and all the all the other like gimmicky stuff does work you know you know you weren't having a drawing or we're giving away you know a weekend at blah, blah blah you buy a ticket those things do work yeah. Um, but to get the loyal ones that are going to come game after game after game, you got to hook those, like you said, and me, the young kids that will remember it. And the parents are always looking, what can I do with my, you know, fifth grader tonight that's fun, that's entertaining, you know, free popcorn and a hot dog if you come tonight kind of thing. You're still going to make do, money on it. Do you guys sell season
1: tickets at all? We you know, don't. So- we
0: don't sell season tickets. We don't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, we don't.
1: We We do. I, that the booster club sells a year round pass that you
0: can go to any sporting event if you buy this year round pass so i guess that's somewhat of a season ticket but yeah they have something like that in our district too but then it's like if you're in a district employee you can come and bring two people i think is the way ours work so we have some of those floating around too um yeah that you can bring um (laughs) uh, you're not gonna like my answer but the best way to sell your gym out is get good
1: yeah, no, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, one of the, I read this book called sports scorecasting this, this summer, mm-hmm. and it talked about uh, home court advantage though, and how, you know, even so I grew up in Northern <laughs> Illinois, Cubs would have, even in their worst years, they would still win more at home than they did on the road. And, you know, Wrigley historically over the last 15, 20 years, has sold out no matter how good or bad the Cubs are. And they said, you know, that provides them a home-field advantage. And it so
0: – It's the best – I hate to break it to everyone that's listening around the world, but the Cubs are the best professional organization in the world. I've been a Cubs fan since I could walk. So it's like yeah. – I still, I still cry about 2016. So it's like <laughs> –
1: yeah. No, we did the same thing. I had a chance to. So I ended up taking my dad to one of those games at the World Series. And it was an amazing. I was choked up when I was. There. I, I still
0: can't believe they won it, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm yeah. watching the parade in my classroom at lunch and like tears are coming down. It's like, oh, my God, I cannot believe they won. But anyway, <laughs> that was a mirror. Steve Bartman thanks him every day. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's uh, but that's, I mean, I think that's one of the best thing. I mean, and the thing is it's, you're right. It's your players that are going to be your recruiters to get people to come to the games. Like, yeah. Hey, aunt Sally, come to my game on Tuesday, blah, 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 You know, they, you know, and that's where when we did youth clinics and stuff, we've done free youth clinics for some of our feeders, our elementaries and middle schools. And then when I take the kids out, we'll do it in the fall. We'll do them on Saturday mornings during the season. Those are the best things because, then those little kids want to come see the kids play. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll do that sometimes before practice on Saturday. we call them Saturday morning programs. We'll invite a couple of elementary kids' classes in and then they'll That's come a- in. We'll run some drills and then, hey, come to the game tonight, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like I said, parents of young kids are always looking for something to do. And it's cheap and it's easy and it's close. And, you know. Um,
1: Write that what- one down. Good idea coach
0: yeah so it, it, it's it's about that connection it's about that that um that uh you know they're your best recruiters for getting people to come like my best when I've had my best sellouts and in, in during the season it's because like everybody liked all the kids on the team <laughs> I yeah. mean to be honest with you it's like well we like them they're they're fun let's go watch them and the thing is they can you should if football's good this year and gonna make a run that should help you. Because yeah. it's like, look, they won. Come watch us play. You know, blah 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 blah. So it's a, it's that cross, like, you know, you can feed off that football thing too. It's like, um, it kind of keeps, it keeps, it keeps it moving in the right direction. All right, let me, uh, let me go through. I don't want to keep you too long because you just got back. I'm sure you're Um, Let's do. Uh, I'm going to do my rapid fire. What's your favorite brand of basketball? Wilson. Why?
1: Uh, I like the seams on it. Um, it just feels like I think you can catch it and actually feel the seams on your
0: fingertips. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, one word to describe your ideal player. Um, super, com-
1: well, one word.
0: Okay. Uh, competitive. Okay. Uh, favorite pregame or postgame meal? Pizza. Okay. Uh, you go to one sporting event in the world, what would you go to? I've had a chance to be a lot of them Um, I think for me one of the
1: things I've talked with my dad is a big baseball guy is going to the Caribbean World Series haven't been there yet but I've heard it's just amazing
0: really? no I've not heard about that interesting
1: did a thing uh, maybe 10 years ago 10 best things to do in sports Indy 500 sitting in Wrigley Field bleachers going to a Packers um masters yeah and one of those 10 was the caribbean world series and so i think that's not it's usually the challenge is as a basketball coach it's generally in january february before spring training starts so because a lot of those players will come back into spring training so it'll have to be a year after i retire probably
0: i know i got a long list of stuff i'm thinking about doing what's one thing you do to relax
1: uh, I enjoy playing golf. Don't get to do it very much, though. Um, but that would be the thing that I
0: enjoy. I used to golf, hunt, and fish pre, pre-kids and pre-coaching. And then, <laughs> yeah. like, poof, poof, yeah. all gone, all gone. Uh, do you have any superstitions? Uh,
1: I, I did, but... It didn't even matter how superstitious I was, we weren't winning, so it didn't matter. But I, I used to wear, if I won, keep the same pair of socks and just wear it to the next game. But but that hasn't worked, so I figured, hey, maybe if you've got one,
0: I'll start stealing it from you. I've had some weird ones, but I'm I like, there's some I've kept, I've gotten rid of most of them. One year we were undefeated until the state championship, and I ate 26 number threes at McDonald's. it was horrible and then by the by the end of the by march i was like taking a bite of the burger i was just throwing it away i just had to buy it just because um but i'm always the last one on the bus i have some silly ones like that i'm always i mean i'll get off the bus get back on it kind of thing um we are
1: we are always quiet on the way to a game if we win they can do whatever they want on the way back if we lose quiet on the way back
0: yeah and 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 i am I'm a relatively casual dresser at work, and blah blah blah. But on game day, I dress up pretty nice because that's just people go, "Why do you do that?" I go, "Well, it's kind of my jersey. Like I'm getting, you know, I'm not a baseball coach, so I'm not actually putting the jersey on." So, um, well, you my, know, we talk
1: man. about it being a business trip, you know, and so. Right. I don't know if that's going to change because of how COVID kind of changed the dress code for a lot of college coaches and stuff, too. And I don't know what colleges are going to do and what that will impact the high school level. But
0: And we always do a morning shooter on the day of a game. And yep. you don't. I don't get a lot out of it, probably, because it's like, but it's more that. And they go, why do you do that? I go, because I'm trying to get them up and thinking about it because they're teenage boys. Yep. It's game day. Like, well, all right, here we go. Um, this is yep. what we do on game day. doesn't matter. We're here early. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's about getting rides and how do I get there? And blah, blah, blah. Um, it's all those things. Um, one coaching technique you think is important.
1: Um, I think uh, teaching kids how to communicate today. Um, Amen. <laughs> both off the floor. You know, I, I shared with somebody, I walked into a gym at one of the schools I was at. And I was, uh, I tried to call a kid. I could, I was calling, walking in and I could see him on the other end and he looked at his phone and just put it back in his pocket. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, but if I had te- if I text a kid, immediate response. Like they will text but they don't want to talk. Well, that follows through onto the basketball floor and we talk winning teams talk and winning teams touch. You yep. know, if if the great teams that win at at any level, they're going to talk and they're going to touch each other, you know, high five laps on the back, whatever huddle at the free throw line. And so those are the two things that we
0: really touch. And the thing is, here's what I tell young coaches that I mentor too, is you got to tell them how to do that. Like you don't just tell them to talk. You have to tell them what this, I mean, I gibberish is no good. And initially sometimes you got to get, um, you got to get it what i got to is i i got a decibel thing on my phone and i'll just go like we're at like one de- like so i want to know how loud it gets like That's two awesome. it's like yeah it's like a, it's like a, um i forgot where i it was some coaching clinic i went to and stuff but it's like you know where are we we're at like a one you know we yeah. need to be at a six uh, whatever the i haven't used it i we didn't have a season last year so i haven't used it in a year but um uh yeah so that that kind of correlation i think is important um Describe your perfect player in five words or less.
1: Uh, Smart. High basketball IQ. So that must be, that's
0: probably gets you right there. I didn't know if I counted those up right. right, We're okay. We'll we'll count it. We'll count it. Best basketball player you have seen in person. Uh, Michael Jordan. Okay. Best basketball player of all time. Michael Jordan. Michael, Michael Jordan. I, I got in a discussion in my AP stats class the other day, and uh, it was pretty funny. And they go, no, it's LeBron. It's LeBron. I go, okay, maybe we can have that discussion. We can, we, we were doing some statistics on it and the statistics point toward Michael. But um, I said, but get, just know that Michael wasn't wearing LeBron on his jersey. LeBron's wearing Michael on his jersey. And they go, what do you mean? I go, well, obviously Michael was really good, but Michael's also been, you're still talking about Michael. That'd be like me talking about Bob Cousy. And I go, who? And I go, that's the difference. Like, you know, he's still relevant 25 years after he's done playing. That's why he's probably, if not the greatest player of all time, the most influential player of all time. Um, Well,
1: I even, you know, whether it's YouTube or, you know, his, uh, his timing couldn't have been better putting together his documentary when it came out during COVID. But I know um, that you know he he's just different and in, in a good way. Different, like so competitive, got his teammates to be so good. But just the things, even when you watch him, I mean, his ability to just float in the air, is shooting ability, great yeah. defense. I don't, this,
0: you, yeah. I, I don't know how you. Yeah, I don't know how you. Yeah, I know we're we're, we're old guys. Uh-huh. What's uh, uh, if you could only teach one sk- basketball skill, what would that skill be?
1: I think passing, and, and I think passing is one of those things that is probably, I don't know, you know, for me, it's almost like you either have it
0: or you don't. Trust me, I got a couple on my team this year that are like what does what, I mean and I didn't do any I mean they just it, you're right it, it, it sounds like a cop-out but I don't think it, it it's one of those like wow, you just see the court things must slow for you or something yeah
1: yeah you see the game a little bit earlier than other people see it you've got touch and finesse um, and so I, I don't know how to teach it better but that would be the one thing that I'd say man if I
0: could teach that better because it makes everything better right i agree um so so, i think we talked about this one but i'll let you answer it here i think it was before we came on shock high school shot clock yes or no i would say no i I like it there's no shot clock okay uh if you could change one thing about the game what would you change uh well that's a good
1: question i think i would uh you know, I'm I might and I think you guys do this. I might go to halves versus quarters. I'm uh, telling you
0: we do it. It's 18 minute halves. It's it it forces you to play more kids though. Yeah, it, which I like. I think I do it, too. It, I think it's perfect for high school. I think everybody should be in halves because you, you your best player can't play 36 minutes hard. They can't. Yeah, so I yeah. have to rest everybody in the first half. I have to. Um yeah.
1: I like that, you know, because we're playing 32 minutes when you're playing quarters. And right. so up in that extra four minutes, I think, is a really cool
0: thing. I do, too. I, like I think that, that. I, have, I have two. If you listen to my podcast, I get rid of the jump ball. I think it's stupid. I think the visiting team should just get the ball. And I would make the court wider. Huh. Too narrow. And is that so you
1: can get like in the quarters? Well, Because
0: the bodies are getting so big. That you yeah. should you should space out the three-point line in the corners. Um, yeah. I think 94 feet is fine. I have no problem with the length at the at the collegiate and NBA, but I think if you go to a college game and you look at that court, it is way too, it's not wide enough. <laughs> yeah. Because the bodies are just it's not the same it was 50 years ago. The bodies are just bigger. Um yeah. so I like that. Like, yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen in my lifetime because that'd be a lot of courts you'd have to change. But yeah, um, it, it, it's an interesting. It's one of those things you kind of grandfather. Like every high school court from now on should be 94 feet. It should yep. be. You build it, you should just have to be 94. But um, uh, charge circle in the high school, yes or no?
1: I would go for that. Um, I, I think it's the heart from my perspective. I've I've ref one of the things my dad made me do in high school and college because he's he never wanted me complaining to the refs is you got to go ref right. and I think it's the hardest call in basketball it and is so I think that that would help I think that would help um, although I know there's still controversy you know did they get the foot out or two feet outside of the
0: that's the only issue I have at the high school level is that these guys are accountants during the day and then they kind of try to come do this there's no right. way to replay we're just putting something else on them and it's yeah. a fifth Yeah, that's that would be my only argument with that one uh um favorite quote or saying bigger quote or same is that we said favorite quote or saying oh.
1: um
0: or mantra or whatever it can be a mantra it can be anything
1: yeah um <laughs> yeah. So I had a mentor of mine said, you never want to work for a nervous boss, especially if you're the one making him nervous. And I thought that was fantastic. I love so, that. Yeah. So that's probably my favorite quote. It, you know, it could be, you never want to play for a nervous coach, especially if you're the one making him nervous. Um, but,
0: um, but it's, uh, I, I've always thought that was a good, I one. love that. I love that. Okay. Best basketball coach of all time. Mm. Well, I'm
1: wearing my North Carolina stuff. I think Dean Smith was fantastic. I, I love John Wooden too. I mean, those would probably be the two that I would go to. And if you had to pick between I, I'd probably Dean
0: Smith for me would be. Yeah. the. My, All right. So my last question I always ask people is if you could give your younger self some advice, what would it be? Um, mine would be, be tougher earlier.
1: Um and relax later in a season, meaning don't go in, you know, trying to win kids hearts early win their hearts late and be tough early because if you're not tough early, you can never get it back. Um, And so I'd be, you know, attention to detail, like, Hey, we're not budging off it. You better touch the line or you better, you know, this type of footwork, Um, whatever it is. Because once you let it go, you never get it back for that. So, particular- so,
0: so, coach, someone that's coached, taught, taught for thirty three years, you basically gave teaching one hundred and one right there. Because you can't go into your class by 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 post spring break. I can like joke with them, and I can because we've already got the culture built inside the classroom at that point, and the expectations, and they know Mr. Collins. But if I do that the first week of school. Yeah, you don't you definitely cannot do that. Well, thank you, coach. I appreciate that you get the you get the um, gold star for doing this, jumping off a plane and doing this. So I I do. I do. I really appreciate it. I really do. Um, Hey,
1: thanks again for all you do for us as basketball coaches. Um, I think what you provide is just extraordinary for high school youth level coaches. And uh, and so thank you for all the time, energy and effort that you do putting into this oh, of
0: course I, I love doing it thanks coach thank you all right that was hey everybody if you like the podcast make sure you subscribe like leave a review jump up and down run around your house whatever you need to do also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better have a great day sports social podcast network it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash